The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you listen to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for Tuesday night basketball, Thursday night, Sunday night, and anything in between. And you know me. I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up in a promo code HoopBall and get your deposit match halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you for joining me on the HoopBall Mavericks podcast. We are back after a back-to-back where... Didn't quite play too well against Memphis, but we came back, jumped on a hobbled New Orleans Pelicans team who was missing four of their five starters, and we were able to kind of beat them handily. Um, just to touch on the Memphis game for for a quick second, it was a little it was a little um, disappointing. I want to say I thought I thought they would get that win. I mean, but again. With these games coming so fast, the energy level from night to night is just unpredictable. Obviously, when the playoffs come, you're in a steady rhythm. You know who you're playing. The games are a lot more structured. You're not playing back-to-backs. And you're not playing five games in eight days, something along that line. But as it pertains to the game against the Grizzlies, a game that could have was very winnable if they came and handled business, but they they seemed to be a little lifeless. And Luca played one of the worst games of his career. I mean, he was four of sixteen from the field, and he only ended up and he didn't make any threes. He had twelve points. He was a minus twenty three for the game, along with five turnovers. And I mean, he even admitted after the game this was one of his worst games. When you have someone whose team is as Luca centric as the, this one is, I mean, if you put any other, I mean, if you want to say LeBron centric team, a um, a Bradley Beal centric team, a Steph Curry centric team, any of those teams who have their star number one player whose usage rate is as high as Luka's go four for 16, it's going to be very tough to win that game. Not to mention defensively, they just did not stop anyone at all. I mean, the Grizzlies shot 16 of 33 from the three for 48%. And they shot 80, I mean, they shot 51 of 89 overall for 57% from the field. And, I mean, it was just a rout. This game was a wash. I didn't put too much into it just for the simple fact that once I saw it was over, I just kind of flushed it. That's And that's where I kind of have been towards the end of the season. I know guys are gearing up for the playoffs, so you want to play your best ball every night out, and especially if you want to avoid the play-in game. But the fact of the matter is these guys are human and bad games happen. It just so happens that it comes at the wrong time. But they've played so much basketball over the last two months. And... Unfortunately, these are just the type of games you get at times. It just happens. Sometimes you play great on a back-to-back where you play great the first game and you stink it up the second game. 
and then sometimes you stink it up the first game and then you come back and you bounce back in the second game, which is exactly what happened against the Pelicans, and it was good to see. You have Porzingis back for this game. He actually played well. He came out. He got an and one mid-range jump shot. He was 7-14 from the field, 2-5 from three, ended up with 19 points and five rebounds. And he looked, you know, he looked decent. Offensively, I think he just because he's a guy who can score, he didn't have any trouble there. But defensively, <clears throat> excuse me, defensively, he was a little... I don't want to say tentative, but a little slow. I mean, you want to be active and not reactive. And for him, he just wasn't really a paint presence. He wasn't protecting the rim. But I think that's a lot to do with him trying to get his fluidity back with his knee that has been sore and bothering him. I wouldn't be surprised if he has another minor surgery, as they would say, when the uh, season is over. But, you know, when you have knee issues, you're going to struggle laterally a little bit. And he already wasn't the most mobile guy in the world. So, um, so I kind of expected that. I think with more games under his belt, <clears throat> he'll get better at that because he, at one point in the season, he was playing really well defensively, or I won't say really well. He was playing good defensively, just being solid, being able to protect the rim, rebounding, being a paint presence. He was just doing his job. Um, we'll never get an elite defender out of him, but if we can just get him to be functional and to be solid, that is that would be best. Um one thing of note in this game was Josh Richardson came off the bench. And it's a little strange considering he's been playing pretty well within the last, I want to say, 8 to 10 games. He's been averaging around 13 points, I want to say, a couple of steals maybe. And and I don't know if this, I don't know if him coming off the bench kind of threw off his rhythm, but he was one of seven from the field. He only ended up with three points. He only played 14 minutes, and part of that probably had to do with the fact that this game was out of hand. And um, and I just thought, <clears throat> thought that was interesting to see that he didn't play as much in this game and also the fact that he didn't start. But I think because Dwight Powell has been playing so well that Rick Carlisle wanted to pair him with Porzingis in the front court because his rolling, his rolling to the basket and his short roll to the basket has really did well for the Mavericks over these last, like I say, Dwight Powell is on a career stretch where he's just playing really well, and he has, and he's been playing around 21 minutes per game. But he played 30 minutes tonight. He ended up with five points, 12. I mean, excuse me, 12 points, five of five from the field, and eight rebounds. That's pretty good <clears throat> for a guy who, again, is coming back from a from a gruesome injury. Really happy for him. Really happy to see him playing well. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. <clears throat> excuse me same thing he played well played his part but again they weren't none of these guys were needed for much in this game you got a bounce back game from Luca, and they scored 45 points in the second quarter they had 77 overall in the first half which they've done one other time this year in a route against the clippers which was good to see um so that was so they clearly got off to a great start the coverage on Luka was a little strange. The Pelicans were going underneath the screen on him, and I think that has a little bit to do with Luka being in a small shooting funk of late. And so they probably wanted to roll the dice and see if, if he would continue to stay um, stay cold, and he got hot. He hit 7 of 15 threes. Once he starts seeing the ball go through the basket, it's over. There's not much you can do about that. Um, he's going to score regardless 
But especially if he gets hot, you really, really, really have another issue on your hand. So um, so it was good to see him get his stroke back, especially um, winding the season down, trying to get back and I mean, trying to get geared up for the playoffs. So um, you can only keep a guy like him down for so long. And on top of that, just the simple fact that the Pelicans didn't they were missing four of their five starters. So they weren't going to be able to do much with Luka anyway. And they just took advantage. I mean, the Mavericks did what they should have done in this game, which was to get a win first and foremost. But to play well, get back on the winning side of things, they actually played all 15 of their active players in this game. We saw a little bit of Josh Green. Nate Hinton played. Boban got in the game. Um, Tyler Bate. Literally everyone played in this game. And so this was another game where they kind of, you know, kind of sneaked some minute. Um, some minute reductions, not necessarily restrictions in there because of the score of the game. They were able to get guys out of this game, but Mavericks only have one more game to win to ensure that they don't play in the play in the play in game. And that's all they need at this point. I mean, you don't want to have to, you, if you don't need to do it, why, why not just go ahead and take care of business, especially when you still control your own destiny, destiny of getting into the playoffs without having to play a play in game they have the Raptors tomorrow night, and then they finish out on Sunday. They wrap up the season against the Timberwolves. But in this game, like I said, with the score being 125 to 107, it really wasn't even that close. They were up by 30 um, a, a time or two, and they put Luka back in in the fourth quarter, and I think Rick Carlisle has just seen some of those fourth quarter scares where the guys don't finish out the game like they should. But they were able to put these guys away and put these guys away handily. I mean, Maxi Kleba didn't start either. Um, he had five points, six rebounds, three assists in this game. He played 18 minutes. But um, but you got really good game. It was encouraging to have Porzingis back. Also, Tim Hardaway Jr., who continues to just be a very, a very, very valuable piece to what they're doing. And it's turning into a strong third option guy for them. Um, and I mean, some might even say second option because Porzingis is still trying to get his legs back. But once he does, if Tim Hardaway Jr. can keep this up, they can really, really scare some teams in the playoffs. I'm really interested to see um, what they can do if they can keep this hot Tim Hardaway. He had 27 points. Again, he's um, had consecutive games of scoring over 20 points, um, four rebounds, two assists. He was only 3 of 10 from the three-point line, but he was 10 of 18 overall from the field for 55%. And like I always say, he can get hot with the best of them. He can get cold with the best of them. But for him to be playing his best ball right now and peaking at this point in the season, that is perfect for the Mavericks because that can carry over into a playoff run, and they will need all hands on deck for whoever they end up facing. Um, and if you can get that type of Tim Hardaway Jr., that makes this team very dangerous. Not to mention Josh Richardson, who has been playing well of late. Dwight Powell is playing some of his best ball. The Mavericks have guys on their team that are playing really good basketball outside of Luka and Chris Stapps, who just got back. So that just makes this team stronger, and maybe they're clicking at the right time. Because again, over the last two months, they've been a top five NBA team in terms of record. And so this just shows what the type of firepower they can possess and the potential they possess if guys are clicking, which they are right now. So I'm really interested to see how they move forward um, into the playoff push 
because that is where we're really waiting for. These last two games against the Raptors, again, whether it's the Raptors or the Timberwolves, they just need one more game to avoid the play-in game. So hopefully they can do that. Um, but that's it for this for for this episode. As I said, they got to win against the, the Pelicans, bounce back. The Grizzlies didn't play as well, but I think that was more so to do with the fact that there's just a lot of games, and sometimes you just get that. I don't. I didn't think that they were. They came into the game unprepared. I just think that they just stunk it up. They laid a dud, which they are, they, they tend to do, and I think it just comes down to the fact that you, you're just playing a lot of games in a lot of days or in a very short amount of days. But it was just disappointing from the fact that you got no Valachunas playing, no Jaron Jackson, and you couldn't take advantage. But they turned around beat the Pelicans, got a win, move one game closer to solidifying the sixth spot and not having to play in the play-in. And that's all you can ask for at this point is still to have a shot to control your own destiny. So thank you for listening. Thank you guys for joining me on the Hootball Mavericks podcast. Please go subscribe and download on all streaming platforms. Leave a five-star review. You can also catch me on Twitter at LBSaidIt. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T and at Hootball Mavs. Can't wait to get these playoffs started. Um, I'm definitely locked in for that. We are down to the to the home stretch of my high school coaching season too, which will definitely have me a little more on Twitter for you guys as we get ready to gear up for this playoff run, which I think the Mavericks are very much in a good position to make some noise. So I will talk to you guys soon. You guys all be safe. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.